1: Hello Lakers Nation, welcome in to the LakersNation.com live show. I am Trevor Lane of the Lakers. They pick up the big win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. LeBron James, how about 40? Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. The Lakers get it done, taking out the Thunder, the win that they needed. and just lost four in a row. Finally, Lakers get back to their winning ways. Joining me tonight to help break this down. We've got Matt, the optimist, Peralta, Optimism Prime himself in the house to talk Lakers basketball as well as typically a Dodger guy, but he does jump in with Lakers stuff from time to time. We've got my guy, Jeff Spiegel. Guys, how are you doing?
2: Uh, This is a wonderful
3: surprise. Hi, Jeff.
2: How are you doing? It's good. Good. Good to be here. I I was doing the playback tonight, so I texted Trevor and said, hey, I was dialed into this one. I'll hop on for a bit. So appreciate you having me.
1: This was this was not a bad game to make your your playback debut of the of the season for Jeff. This was this game was nuts back and forth. The Thunder were throwing haymakers at the Lakers. The Lakers were firing right back. Jeff, what what was your impression during the game? Because to me, I I was I was nervous. Let's put it that way. But but that was an incredibly exciting game, too.
2: Well, and I think the thing that impressed me most was just their ability to withstand runs. There were a lot of times where they'd go up five or seven and then they'd give that lead right away. Um, But, you know, the fact they built up that lead in the third quarter, go up by, you know, 17. Oklahoma City cuts it to like nine or ten with, you know, eight or nine minutes to go. And you're starting, you know, I was joking with Ryan Ward. I said, all right, what's the confidence level right now that they're going to hang on? And Ryan was confident and they just kept building that lead back up and counter punching every time Oklahoma City said hit him with something so uh, it was impressive stuff
1: certainly helps when you get 40 out of LeBron James Uh, Matt did you share that optimism throughout the game or were you getting a little nervous
3: Um, so I, I honestly was getting a little antsy, but I, I still think the Lakers were going to hold on. I think that there was just too much of a lead for the, uh, the thunder to kind of cut into you at that point in the fourth quarter. So I wasn't like, you know, thinking that the Lakers were going to blow it, but I think it was a little bit closer than I would have liked, but, uh, beggars can't be choosers. Um, after losing four games in a row, going on the road and beating the thunder, I'm going to take this win. However, we can get it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. the Lakers will too, uh, face reality said finally, Darwin ham moved D to the bench. Look at the result. It's a win. That was one of the big stories going into this game was a major change to the starting lineup. Darvin Ham, the guy who's often criticized for playing too many guards, decided to play no guards in the starting lineup. Bench D'Angelo Russell instead put in Jared Vanderbilt. So the starting lineup was LeBron, Torian Prince, Cam Reddish, Jared Vanderbilt, and Anthony Davis. Uh, Jeff, w- how, do you, how did you think that worked out for the Lakers? And was that the secret, just... Bringing D'Lo off the bench, did that make all the difference here?
2: Ryan and I were joking about this just because we couldn't tell if Oklahoma City in the first five or six minutes when that lineup was out there, was Oklahoma City playing poorly or were the Lakers playing well? I mean, the Lakers offensively 71 points in the first half, and so that's not what any of us expected when we saw that lineup. It felt like, oh, they're just going to try and muddy this one up, play some defense, and yet the offense clicked. But kudos to D'Angelo Russell because he played great off the bench. You know, you look at his line five of nine from the field, 15 points, three assists, just one turnover. So, you know, it's a small sample size, but it's hard not to be encouraged by the results tonight.
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was impressed with what we saw there, but it was bizarre because that lineup, you would think, okay, yeah. the offense is going to be terrible. The floor spacing is going to be horrific. The only way they're going to score is if they can force turnovers and run in transition. Instead, both teams were red hot. Neither yeah. team could get stops, and that's the one thing you think you'd be able to get with that lineup on the floor. So it certainly was a bit ironic, but I also w- thought it was interesting how quickly Darvin Ham transitioned away from that lineup. He only played him about five and a half minutes or so in the first quarter, and then went to more of a traditional lineup by bringing in Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura, and then you had a guard on the floor. Rui was at the three at the time. LeBron and AD uh, were at the four and the five, respectively. So I-, I thought that while Darvin came out, everybody went, oh my gosh, this is a major shift it really was just kind of to start out the game. And then he he relented and went back into more of a typical lineup. Uh, Matt, what do you, are we expecting to see more of this all the wings lineup to come? Or or do you think that this is more Darvin just kind of like starting out with uh, a defensive mindset and we're ultimately going to see more of a true guard on the floor with these guys?
3: Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. I think that, for the time being, given that the Lakers won, I think we'll see this lineup a little bit more, especially given the Boston matchup coming up on Monday on Christmas. So um, I definitely think that's just something that they're going to experiment and tinker with a little bit more. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about the Gabe Vincent news later in the show, but um, I think the, the Lakers are kind of getting backed into these sort of lineups where it's all wings. And then we're kind of reverting to the 2020 offensive formula with point guard LeBron. So um I think it's going to be a little bit of a I think we're going to see some ebbs and flows for sure. But um, honestly, again, um, if it's if it's working, I don't see a reason why to change it up at this point.
1: Guys, you know, one thing that that I've talked about a lot over the last couple of seasons has been that LeBron doesn't want to do this. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to be the guy handling the ball all the time. That's why the Lakers got Dennis Schroeder the first time. It's why they got Russell Westbrook. It's why they got Dennis Schroeder the second time in part. Because LeBron doesn't want to have to initiate the offense all the time. And now we're going back to that 2019-2020 lineup. Is this is that sustainable? Like, Does that worry you at all about him having the burden of initiating the offense more by like legit playing the point guard position now? Um, I'll,
2: Matt, I'll, I'll, Matt, I'll ask you this question. I'm just curious. Like, Were you surprised that Austin Reeves wasn't the guy that, that popped into the starting lineup? Because I felt like that would be more of a like-for-like switch. Yeah, you know, that's a great point and a great question,
3: Jeff. Um, that's the thing I tweeted out right before the game. Um, I thought that if there was going to be a lineup change, I thought we were going to swap in D'Lo for Reeves. I think, like you said, it's a one-for-one switch. Um, Reeves has been playing well off the bench. Um, I think that if you're inserted into the starting lineup, I think he still would have gone to playmaking, probably less turnovers, better shooting. So that's why I thought they were going to go. Um, so, again, i um, Darvin and the coaching staff are doing their thing where they're trying to experiment. But then to Trevor's point, um, I am a little bit worried. I know that, you know, LeBron can definitely do these in spurts. I think this is what you'll see in the playoffs a lot is LeBron dominating the ball, bringing the ball up, initiating uh, possessions, et cetera. I don't know if that's sustainable for the entire regular season. I think that's just going to burn him out. I think today he was just on one shooting the ball. So I think it worked on the Lakers' favor, but I think there will be some nights where he's going to need some help, you know, just doing all of that stuff. So I, I would be careful to, you know, not, not stretch him too thin at this point of the season. But I think because the Lakers are in this rut, they just need to get wins however they can. And I think still LeBron with the ball in his hands is the best option for the Lakers.
1: Right, we've got go zero said Trev. Like AD said, this game is a must win, and they delivered. Huge difference in effort from everyone in this game, including DLO. This lineup works. Hopefully, Ham took notes. It looked it, they played it like a tournament game. I think that was that was my main. T- I'm watching this game, yep. thinking, okay, this energy level, this effort, this looks like a tournament game again. Like they badly wanted to win that game. That was was my my. I thought it was night and day, their effort level in this one compared to other games. I don't know if part of it was because LeBron was more energized from resting a game uh, in the last one, but this looked like tournament game effort from the Lakers. Again, I don't think they can do this every single game, but it was good to see that when they really needed to, they still had this level to go to because this is what they're going to need to do in the postseason.
2: Yeah, I was looking at the box score from the last time they played Oklahoma City. And the two things that jumped out to me were that the Lakers had gotten out rebounded by like eight rebounds and had double the turnovers. Those Oklahoma City. And in this one, it was the exact opposite. The Lakers won the rebounding battle. Um, It was by I think they ended up winning by two. It was like plus eight or nine or something halfway through the fourth and then um, also tied in turnovers. So just those two things with shooting 50 percent from three, like you you throw those three things in a pot and good things are going to happen.
1: Yeah, LeBron James 5 of 5 from 3, D'Angelo Russell 3 for 6, Austin Reeves 2 for 5, Rui 3 for 5. I mean, this with the lineup out there playing, more wings playing, Cam Reddish was 0 for 4, Jared Vanderbilt was 0 for 1, but everybody else was knocking in their threes at either their average or well above their average. That helps you win a game quite a bit too. Again, I don't, we can't expect that, but I also think it wasn't just they had a hot shooting night. I thought their energy, their attention to detail, uh, the defensive side, I, the defense wasn't always great, but in general, I thought they attacked this game with more force. But still, it didn't hurt that they shot 52% from the field, 50% from three, 83% from the free throw line. But sometimes that's what you need to do to beat a team the quality of OKC
3: yeah i was just gonna say that i don't think it matters what lineup you throw out there if you're going to be shooting that well from the field especially from beyond the arc so um definitely an outlier game as far as shooting goes um i think you and i trevor have talked about this a bunch about just the lakers shooting league average um i don't know if that's ever going to happen with this current roster but um again i think this will float the percentages just a little bit and maybe they'll bump up maybe a spot or two so hopefully you know the hot shooting sticks for at least next game because i cannot lose to the celtics on christmas just um, well i was gonna say i was
2: expecting i was expecting this energy level to be saved for christmas i was i was surprised that we got it you know on december 23rd because i felt like that was the game that they had circled but trevor to your point it, it looked like they they got up for this one
1: I, I hope we didn't just get to open our present early and then on Christmas Day, we're not going to see this this again. Um, Yeah, that's going to be something now to, now to look forward to. Uh, We did just get a, a new YouTube channel member, which, by the way, you guys can check out the perks that <laughs> of you offer for our channel memberships. It's, it's Jose Calderon. Oh, I'm assuming man. this is the Jose Calderon. He is a huge Lakers Nation fan. So yeah, welcome to. welcome to the channel uh, membership program, Jose Calderon. Former former Laker at one point. I was just point. about
3: to say that, yep.
1: <laughs> Former Laker, which is what everybody remembers him for. It's his time as a Laker, of course. <laughs> Welcome in, uh, Jose Calderon. Uh, Mohamed said, so they can play hard. Great team effort. What Trevor always says is true. This team always just follows LeBron's energy. I hope they have some gas left in the tank for Boston. Um, yes, I'll agree that I was right. <laughs> but <laughs> no, but you can, Take you the can tell you can yeah. tell that when LeBron is really locked in when LeBron's you you can see it mostly this is where I notice it it's in his defensive rotations and oh, by yeah. the way I guess we should just we should just make this official guys because I don't think there's even any reason to debate this superstar of the night superstar of the night it's LeBron James I mean yeah. he was he was absolutely ridiculous in this one uh 40 points, seven boards seven assists two steals two blocks making all the plays down the stretch 13 of 20 shooting five of five from three nine of nine from the free throw line that's the most free throws he's made in a game this season which when you compare that to like Joel Embiid and some of those guys it it, it is is a little bit it, it angries up the blood a little bit when you see that but Um, but nonetheless, LeBron James, absolutely fantastic in this one. And you could tell LeBron wanted this game and everybody else picked up their game as a result. That's maybe not how it should be, but that's how it is. The team goes energy wise as LeBron goes.
3: Um, I will just say for the record, it is always a good night when LeBron scores more points than his age.
2: So (laughs) (laughs) yes, hoping for that. I mean, he had, he had a chase down block in a double-digit game on Lou Dort with, you know, what, ha- halfway through the fourth quarter? I mean, it, it was one of those nights where you felt like there's ex- there's opportunities for him to throttle down, where it's like, all right, we're up by 12, you know? Mm-hmm. And there he is chasing Lou Dort down, slamming it against the backboard. So kudos to LeBron Um, because it was, yeah, five of five from three was like the, the cherry on top of what was a great game in every other facet.
1: And on that specific play – that must have been just absolutely terrifying for Lou Dort. Like he goes up to shoot, and you look up, and there's LeBron, arms out. I mean, I mean LeBron was going to block that no matter what side of the rim yep. Dort tried to put it on. Like LeBron just descended upon. He was like like Batman coming down out of out of the out of the rooftops. Absolutely incredible stuff. Can uh, I uh, can I can I say yeah. this real quick?
3: Isn't it nuts that LeBron is the leading scorer in NBA history, and his most signature play is probably a chase down block. <laughs>
1: That's Crazy. true, that's true. Yeah, it probably yeah. What is that? Is that is that LeBron's signature play? It has or to is be. It, is it the I mean, hammer dunk I t- I where said, he pulls yeah. it back?
2: I said I said on the on playback today that when I think of LeBron ten years from now, <clears throat> I will think of him putting his shoulder down, driving in the lane, guys bouncing off him in the layup. I mean that that's like oh the signature spin in the sense that that's what mm-hmm. I think about. Mm-hmm. But as far as like the most iconic individual play, you know, I think Trevor. The cockback dunk or the chase down block, those feel like if we're mm-hmm. talking individual plays for sure.
1: All right. I uh, was skeptical about this lineup, but I think long term it could work if we find a better player to replace Cam on the market. He's not, not a not a good enough shooter to have there, but having Braun run point is the best. You've got two guys in Cam and Bando that both have uh similar deficiencies and that teams can leave them behind the three-point line. But boy, can they wreak havoc out there! How about that—the um, steal off the missed free throw, and then oh, yep. kicked out to an Austin Threves. That was uh, Cam Reddish still makes an impact out there, just like Jared Vanderbilt can. You got to be careful where you deploy them, but I don't know that you have to replace Cam. Like I think everybody need, every, all teams need these guys that are just going to do the dirty work and and make big hustle plays and and things of that nature. And every once in a while, he'll knock in some threes, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to keep Cam. I think at this point he's proven he's useful. I don't think I think, you know, the hot shooting stretch he had for like a couple of games is, is obviously dying down now. But defensively, he has so much utility on this team. So I wouldn't outright replace him. But I do agree that I think the Lakers definitely
2: need an upgrade at somewhere on the roster, or at least another rotation guy. Hey, come on, Matt. Uh, highest plus minus on the team tonight. Cam Reddish plus 13 tells the yeah. whole story, right? I mm-hmm.
3: I I love it. Um, and I think I've gone on my tour already about how sorry I am for doubting Cam in the off season. So, I love it. Keep doing it.
1: He he he. Cam do it. He can uh, do face it. face reality. Said LeBron five five from three nine to nine from the free throw line forty points incredible. Crown the man. Absolutely. Mamba mentality. Said I like the change of the starting lineup. Also like the lineup requested, uh, by KP of ESPN Kevin Pelton. This was needed. I didn't see the Pelton one Uh, defense and offense is now spread evenly throughout the starting and bench lineups. I don't know if I agree with I actually think there's a little bit of a uh, defensive deficiency with the bench unit and offensive defensive deficiency with the starting unit. We just didn't see that like I think if these lineups play this way for 20 games. It'll fall more into the norm where that five-man group will probably have some issues on the offensive end. And then if the bench unit is D'Lo and Austin together, they'll probably have some defensive deficiencies as well. That's what I would get. I think this is we're very much in small sample size territory. I'm not expecting the offense to click with LeBron, AD, then Vando, Cam, and Torian every single game.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that the Reeves Reeves and D'Lo on the second unit is a weird fit together. You know, that's kind of why moving D'Lo off the first unit and not putting Reeves on it. It's sort of, I'm with you, Trevor. It feels like an equally flawed lineup because those two guys, I mean, sure they can play next to each other. But you're kind of minimizing the, the upsides of both of those guys while also maximizing the downsides of both of those guys because you don't have somebody next to them that can help them defend. I mean, Reeves is a much better defender than Delo, but like both those guys are best when the ball is in their hands to some degree. And so letting just one of those guys cook on the second unit seems to me like it would make more sense. But we'll yeah, see.
3: like to me, it's a little bit of cannibalizing touches. Yeah.
1: Let's let's get to this because this was the other big news of the day. Oh, yeah. uh, he said, get Gabe and Hayes off my my team. He's also celebrating the win. I'm assuming this is a Ric Flair, woo, right here that he's throwing in. Uh, we need just need to get better, uh, a better backup big and catch and shoot point guard, and we're back. Gabe Vincent. So yeah. news broke first of all, he got downgraded to doubtful for tonight's game, and then Shams Tarnia revealed. That he was uh that he is exploring potentially having surgery on his knee, could be out six to eight weeks um with this this surgery that he may be getting. Again, we don't have a lot of details. It's not official that he is getting surgery, but kind of sounds like this is the way it's gonna go. I mean, Darvin Ham said his knee swelled up. He came back and played one game, he hasn't played since the end of October. Comes back, plays one game, and his knee instantly swells back up that's not great that's not a great sign so there's a couple of different angles we need to look at here and i guess let's just start with on the court gabe vincent now he's out for the foreseeable future it might be mid-february it might be later by the time they get him back what do the lakers do do they does this mean they need to go get another guard on the market how do you handle this guys
3: um, I mean, I just kind of feel like the Lakers go back to playing how they've been playing. I mean, Gabe has only played in five games this season. So he's basically been a non-factor, um, which is unfortunate because I was really looking forward to seeing him play. I mean, the Lakers dealt out some real money to him in free agency and now he's on the shelf for like two months, uh, supposedly. So not great. I do think that, um, the Lakers could use another ball handling guard in the market as well, but just given the roster crunch right now, I definitely would be prioritizing another backup big, but I think you kind of just rolled what you have right now, um, hope to survive and then hopefully Gabe's able to come back post-all-star break healthy, fingers crossed.
2: Yeah, I mean, at least the six to eight weeks, you know, I I saw that and immediately thought, you know, hey, this is somebody who just wants to get ahead of it and be available for a stretch run for a postseason run. So it's kind of like knowing that those are the aspirations of this team, you know, maybe that's the 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 best plan of action. But I also just have to say this as an aside, Trevor, I laughed. When I saw that you had posted like the Lakers need a backup big man video the other day, and I was like, "Does Trevor just pre-record this and just post the same video every year? Because how many years in <laughs> row has the question been like, who is who's the Lakers second or third big going to be? I mean, it just feels like a never-ending problem. So I know that that's that that and thing shooting,
1: thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah, shooting. The Lakers need just... more You can you can schedule those tweets. Yep, <laughs> it's year in year out. You can also the Lakers curse on their three-point <laughs> shooting. Yep, absolutely. Schedule those tweets. No problems. So those videos pre-record them. Get them done. Yeah. Get them in the bank. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. This is this is tough though. For uh, so the other angle to this is beyond just on the court. Gabe Vincent is a ten point five million dollar contract. Goes for two more years after this one.
2: Yeah,
1: and we've been t- pretty much every trade that comes up. Whether it's Zach Levine, whether it's Donovan Mitchell, whoever, whatever name you want to throw out there, salary like, ballast. <coughs> sorry, right? Gabe Vincent is the first guy that gets thrown in every sorry. time. It's D'Angelo Russell, and throw in Gabe Vincent makes the make the numbers match with Gabe Vincent. We've heard that from tons of Lakers fans.
2: Yeah,
1: if he's hurt, and he has two more years left, I that may take him off the trademark. I don't know if teams are going to want to take him on at the trade deadline. If he is currently injured, can't get on the floor, and you still have to pay him for another two years, depending on exactly what's happening with this knee, this could wind up being actually a really big deal for the Lakers, not just on the court, but in the trade market as well.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
2: Yep, I mean
3: he always made sense as a trade candidate, just given the, the dollar amount that he's making. And if you want to swing for the fences for someone like, you know, a DeRozan, a Levine, another guy making 20 plus million, Gabe is almost always in those deals. And so um, I am a little interested, though, or worried maybe is a better way to put it, because given the injury history with him already now, um, it feels to me like if the Lakers want to get a deal done, they'll have to throw in even more because the team is yeah. literally just absorbing Vincent's yeah. contract and not the player. So, that that's a little bit of a bummer, and I think that's going to dampen talks a little bit. But hopefully, not too much. If the Lakers do find a move that's worth making,
2: yeah, and and he plays a position they need. We were just talking about like yep. you know finding somebody who's a ball handler. So he, he is a salary number that matches. But at the same time, like in a, in the best case scenario, six weeks from now he comes back healthy and he actually is solving a problem. He you know he's not just the ninth guy on the bench who's not going to play.
1: Yeah, that that would certainly be ideal. We'll see. Um, I I think we need to find out more about exactly what's happening with this knee. It's been pretty vague. So so
3: some of the the doctors I've been following on Twitter have mentioned that the timeline and the swelling portion of it seems to indicate meniscus. Um, and you know, given that sometimes you can rehab a meniscus without surgery, that seems to be like the the prevailing thought is that that's what they were trying Ah. to do. But given that it's, it's, it's swelling again, it's, it's probably likely that he'll need surgery to actually fully repair it. So longer timeline in that sense.
1: Twitter doctors on the go. case here. All yeah, right. Man.
2: Good follows. All right. I got to take off Trevor, Matt. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been fun. So best of luck the rest of the uh, the show. And hopefully the Lakers get us a better Christmas present on Christmas day. Agree. Let's
1: hope so. Let's hope so. Jeff, thanks so much for jumping on. Thanks for your work on playback today. Um, appreciate you jumping in there for us. Yep. Go Dodgers. Uh, Merry Christmas. Go, go Dodgers. Yep. That's right. That's right. Go Dodgers. Guys, make sure uh, you go check out DodgerBlue.com. You can also find the Dodger Blue YouTube channel, our sister site, sister channel. Uh, They do a tremendous job covering the Dodgers. Jeff covers everything over there along with uh, Matt Moreno, who is absolutely phenomenal, and editor extraordinaire Daniel Starkand, who you guys know uh, from Lakers Nation as well. They do a an insane job covering the Dodgers. So go check them out: that Dodger Blue YouTube channel and dodgerblue.com Those um, boys have been busy, Trevor. Oh man, they have the man. They have had they've had a they've like they had a day. busy busy yeah. winter. Like I mean, they are they're, they're in December it's early July stuff. right now. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're having a good time. They're having a good time. They're doing a great job covering it. But man, some big moves being being made by the Dodgers. Exciting stuff. All right, let's see. Mission86 said, and you didn't believe, Trev. I said my gut tells me that going away from shooting, punting, shooting, which is what I took that starting lineup as, is a bad idea in today's NBA. We'll see if that's correct or not long-term. He said, okay, most important game of the year coming. Let's smash the little green men. Master Lock Danny Ainge just because.
3: <laughs> I like, the, I like the sentiment here. Why not? Not even yeah. in the Celtics anymore, but.
1: But it doesn't matter. Once a Celtic, Once a Celtic, always, Celtic a, always a Celtic. Right, yep. always a Celtic. Yeah. And, Dan, and Danny Edge, he was, he had a way of being annoying. That's for sure. Uh, let's see. Oh, we did that one already. We've got. Let's go. Oh, you know what? Let's do this. Let's let's do this. Star in your role. So the star in your role, chat, uh-huh. fire it up. Who should be the star in your role from this game? Who stepped up? We've got a number of candidates here. Had big performances, of course. Rui Hachimura, twenty-one points, six boards, eight of fourteen shooting, three of five from three. You had Austin Reeves, nine assists, eleven points, four of eight, and two of five from three. Torian Prince, how about the block of the season for Torian Prince so far for his season anyway? That was impressive. Ten points for him, six boards. Uh, i don't know matt what where do you lean with the uh with the star in your role from this game
3: I mean, we were just talking about the Dodgers and the Japanese players they have managed to sign. So I think it's just only yeah. natural that I pick Rui Hachimura. I thought that this was Rui's probably the best game of the season so far. Um, yes. I know um, that some people have been down on him recently, just given some of the defensive limitations or some of the defensive breakdowns. So i not shooting very well, but uh, this is very similar to the Rui we saw in the playoffs. This is the guy I think that the Lakers were hoping they were going to get when they extended him this offseason. Um, 21 points. Um, you know, That's fantastic. Three or five from three, I thought that was crucial but also I think that he just played with a lot more energy I thought that there were a lot of defensive rotations that he made I thought that there were some times he got back in transition to you know stop an OKC fast mm-hmm. break so just all around perfect game for Rui. I think that you couldn't have asked for more from him today and I think he's a large reason why the Lakers won so definitely starting the role for me.
1: Yeah, I I can't argue with that. Usually I try to pick somebody else to give a different perspective, but I think it's clearly Rui Hachimura. He was fantastic. Loved what we saw out of him in this game. This is the first game where, and I I agree, I think it's his best game all season, but this was the first game where I felt like the mask wasn't bothering him. Or if it was, it didn't show. It didn't show. He was hitting shots. He was confident. He was attacking the basket. My goodness. If that left-handed dunk that he tried to throw down had gone down. He tried
3: to commit a felony today. Yeah,
1: he, he tried to end lives with that one. And that was, oh my gosh, I, I was hoping. And unfortunately it, it he got the back iron and it wound up being two points going the other way. It was a four point swing, but Rui was aggressive. He was attacking. He looked confident and comfortable in all of his movements. I don't know if it was just the team was fired up in general. If it was a playoff atmosphere, like that was the mentality of the Lakers. And so somehow playoff Rui got activated because we know that's a thing. Um, he was fantastic. And, and I hope we see more of this out of him because this is he's doing this. Nobody's gonna be talking about putting Rui in, in in trades anymore if he keeps doing things like this.
3: Oh, for sure. And you know, to your point about wanting to pick someone else, I don't know if someone's brought this up yet. I don't know if we'll get the question, but I think an honorable mention should go to D'Angelo Russell um he has been the easiest target for Lakers fans ire the past couple of weeks now and rightfully so he's just been playing bad and got demoted as such but i thought that he took the benching in stride i think that this was a good wake up call game from him 15 points 5 of 9 from the field 3 of 6 from three mm-hmm. um one turnover which jeff brought up earlier i think that's a big part of this game and his uh his performance today too so i also want to shout out delo just because i know he's been catching a lot of flack but i thought today he was excellent in what he was asked to do
1: yeah, uh D'Angelo Russell, not easy to come off the bench. And then he airballed his first shot. Yeah, so that looks not a strong start. Uh, I went, uh-oh. Because, I mean, we've had real questions about confidence. Like the body language didn't look, it looked like it was back to the Western Conference Finals where it felt like the Denver Nuggets got to him. This slump, whatever caused it to happen, it felt like it was really affecting his confidence. Mm-hmm. And so for him to ultimately finish the game shooting, Better than 50% from the field, 50% from three. You'll absolutely take that out of D'Angelo Russell. Now, I will say this. We've got some dissent here in the in the comments. Joseph said, do not bring up the box score or justify D'Lo. He might drop 15, but he was a minus three to go in the third. He bricks two and gets attacked. Down 16. Ham sticks with him, and they cut in more. D'Lo out. We built our lead. Package D'Lo, bring in Caruso. I did think that at the start of the fourth, Darvin Ham went with a lineup that was more offensive, which we've seen happen in games before. For some reason, the Lakers will be up. And rather than putting on his defense, he'll put in offensive players. And that was a little bit of an issue in this game too. That said, D'Angelo Russell's ability to shoot the three, his ability to score the basketball, I think is important for this team. I don't know. Like, I don't think this game necessarily pulls DLO off the trade block. I still think we're going to hear a hundred different DLO trades between now and February 8th, but it was just good to see him bounce back. Cause like here, here's the thing, even if you're like Joseph and you're saying trade DLO DLO has to do this mm-hmm. because if he's playing the way he does, he did the last couple of weeks all the way into like, say the end of January teams are either going to ask for a lot more in a trade or they're not going to be willing to trade for him period.
3: I was just going to say that. I mean, like, look, I I just wanted to give him credit for this performance, but that's not going to remove him off the trade block. Like you said, he's still very much uh, on the table for teams and for the Lakers to make a deal. I mean, just look at the salaries. Um, You know, again, if you want to make an impactful roster move via trade, he is almost certainly going to be the piece you move in it. Um, And you're hoping that, you know, again, like the comment here is if you really are set on D'Lo getting traded, you want him to perform well. That way it's not driving up costs in negotiations.
1: Yeah, exactly exactly david said i love trevor lane me too and me too me too you you too you too me too oh all hey. right <laughs> said by it's a great win never gets that close if we don't okay oh, he's talking about the fourth quarter lineup if we don't run that vando Camless lineup in the fourth still need a backup defensive big badly goga is right there rob yeah i is that i guess we haven't talked about this uh, on this show yet matt um what is like what skill set is the top of the priority list, in your opinion, for the Lakers on the at the trade deadline?
3: Uh true size and shot blocking for sure. Okay. And I said true size because I know we're pegging Jackson Hayes as a center, but you he's just not impactful at the rim, I think, when he is the sole oh. backline defender. Um, definitely a good help side weeks or a weak side blocker, uh, like when AD's in the game, but by himself, he can't anchor the defense at all. So I, I prefer a bigger body in there with some length. I know those guys just don't grow on trees, but um if i'm looking at the market or scouring for it and i'm trying to make like a deal on the margins that's that's where i'd look first
1: who's your who's your ideal target knowing that it's got to be somebody that's not that can come off the bench or could play with deal, like all that kind of stuff who do you think is the the realistic ideal fit
3: uh you said realistic and this ruined it but my dreams jared allen
1: <laughs> man wouldn't that be great
3: yeah that's that that's great the- that's the dream. Just because, like, look, like, I, I don't think the Cavs are going to trade anyone, and this no. is like a real the quick tangent, but just given the injuries to Mobley and, and Garland, and there's a very real possibility that they could slip. Um, and I know they've talked about, you know, dangling Jared Allen in trades. Um, I just don't think the Lakers have anything other than you know Austin Reeves, who I don't think they're trading. But um, I think that's where the conversations would go. So that's why I said Jared Allen's kind of like the guy I'm, I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, but that kind of player um i think um i am blanking on his name but the guy from charlotte and i think um, sean's even tweeted this before um one of their centers would be also a uh i think a realistic get for the lakers
1: is it now they've got a number of guys uh that they've got a few guys that that could be really interesting at the center position uh is it nick richards is that the yes. one you're thinking of yep, okay
3: yep yep yep, yep.
1: That, or uh, they also have mark williams i don't think they're going to move him though but uh, but yeah, that, that would certainly Ooh. be a good fit for the Lakers if they can get someone like that. I think they just need they just need a big physical player. And I still have people saying, well, go get Dwight Howard or find a way to bring back JaVale or something like that. But I, I think you need to go younger here. This team is built younger. See what you can find out there. One of my favorites, um, it's uh, from Washington. I don't know why I'm spacing on his name right now. Oh, oh! Oh! Him, oh! 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 But you know yes. who I'm talking about, Daniel Gafford. Yes, um, him,
3: and also the chat is throwing in um Clint Capella, which I also think is a good one.
1: Yeah, Clint Capella. I think Clint Capella is going to cost a little bit to get him, but if you can get him, he'd be he'd be great as well. I um, I would
3: be willing to give up a first for Clint.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think he'd be a nice fit. He's on a, a really nice manageable
3: fit. contract too. Two years. Somebody. The, the, so the dollar amount not great, but I mean, again, these guys just don't grow on trees
1: exactly ice cold Ace uh, and trade for Stephen Adams he's, he's man he's one of our, our channel members but if Stephen Adams was healthy uh, if Stephen Stephen Adams was healthy obviously they're not going to trade him but a healthy Stephen Adams wouldn't that be a great fit
3: oh perfect fit I think the Lakers would have the strongest team in the league <laughs> like literally like physical strength
1: isn't isn't any team that gets Stephen Adams automatically the strongest team in the league physically
3: I mean, to be fair, but I was thinking because we've got LeBron <laughs> and Steven Adams, guys would just hate getting rebounds.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, Peanut Butter Badger said, it's my birthday and all I wish for was a Lakers win. Oh. Well, happy birthday. Happy birthday, my friend. Very cool. And I'm so glad the Lakers were able to, to deliver a win for you. Matt, Do you do you ever like Kind of feel bad for people who have their birthday on or super close to Christmas.
3: Yeah. So, see, this is a good one because my birthday sort of falls in that category. I am born on January 6th. Um, Shameless plug for anyone out there who wants to wish me a happy birthday or send me stuff. There we go. But no, yeah, my birthday gets lumped in all the time with Christmas, even though it's like, you know, a little less than two weeks out of it. But um, Do you feel
1: shortchanged?
3: Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really big on gifts to begin with. So, I mean, fortunate for people that know me, but I think for other people in my situation, it's kind of a bummer. But you know what, dude? I hope you get gifts today and in the next two days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely should. Uh, All right, let's get here. Ace of Hearts said, this ain't about gender, but... Okay. The female ref was god-awfully atrocious. Just saying, Braun at the end went back to 2013. He was tired of the BS losing. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, the 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 female referee there were what she called the technical on Torian Prince uh, when he was, was sitting weird. on the bench. And that was a tense moment in the game where it looked like the Thunder were making a comeback and everything. Um, and there were a couple of calls, and, but you know, I, I thought in general there were some missed calls both ways. There were some moments where I thought SGA got a very favorable whistle, but that's kind of what guards get in in today's NBA. As far as LeBron goes, there was a moment, Matt, where I'm like pacing watching mm-hmm. this game, right? Like the pressure is mounting. It's the fourth quarter. The Thunder are making their comeback. I'm getting upset. I am using language that I cannot use on playback and, and here on our show. So all of that is happening. That's my my mental state at state the time. And then I stopped and I went, but LeBron's got that look tonight. Mm-hmm. LeBron's got that I'm not letting us lose look. And that made me feel better because I'm like, yeah, the Thunder are making a push, but LeBron's got that we're not losing look. I think we're going to be okay.
3: Yeah, that's why I said, like, I I know that I was getting upset or a little bit annoyed that the lead was dwindling so fast, but I didn't think that they were ever in danger of losing. Um, I thought that the Lakers did a really good job of answering every so often. Um I, I mean, obviously, you would have preferred that they they win by like twenty, because you know I think their largest lead of the night was twenty six points, if I'm not mistaken. So you were kind of hoping that that was going to be the case. But look, OKC is a really good team. You have to give them some credit yeah. too. Um, they're second in the West for a reason. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when LeBron does this kind of stuff, like no one's no one's beating the Lakers. Like, no one.
1: <laughs> how how important was this, like, big picture? Because the what Massive. you're seeing from like the Lakers haters all the time is they're saying. The Lakers haven't beat anybody good. This yep. is a legitimately good team, and they were throwing haymakers at the Lakers. I couldn't believe the shot making from OKC. Jalen Williams was hitting all kinds of shots. Chet. So how yeah, Chet, uh, how did this how does this fit into the the overall view of this Lakers season? Like, is this one that you point to and say, Well, okay, the Lakers just stepped up and beat a good team?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think in the the immediate short term, I think it's it's relief, first of all. I mean, that's what I felt when the game was finally over was, oh, my God, like, we're finally done losing. Um, Mm -hmm. We've been talking ad nauseum about how hard the schedule is, Um, you know, the IST championship come down. So in that sense, like, I, I think that is his immediate relief for the team. I do think that there is some momentum that they can build off of this. But I just think that given that they have another tough matchup on Monday... Um, that's when I'm gonna wait and see because this is the kind of win where I feel like you could, you know, see a team propel themselves or or make a leap. But it needs to carry into Monday for me to really buy into it because this just can't be like a good good win against a really good team one day and then a loss the next time. Like then all that goodwill just kind of goes out the window. So for me, I still need to see some more continued success. But for now, I think it's it's good for the team's psyche to just you know get out of this funk of losing
1: yeah absolutely absolutely now if they if they come out Christmas day and, and give us a lump of coal in our stockings oh, yeah, we, we're gonna it's gonna push us right back over the edge we're mm-hmm. gonna be right back in in that same place
3: yep exactly so again i'm I'm really hoping that they use this as fuel for Monday and say look we can beat good teams we just we need to play the way we did on Saturday and on Monday if we bring it this way i I think they have a good shot.
1: Uh, Chef Lev said, "Liked Ham's rotations tonight. Coaching coaching staff finally favoring size and athleticism in their minutes. Rui playing with LeBron and AD was Chef's kiss. Yeah, people have been asking for that for a while for Rui to join the starting lineup. And I thought that midway through the first, when they went to that Reeves, uh, it was Reeves, Rui, LeBron, AD, and who was the other one that was on the on the floor with them at that point? I think it was Cam.
3: I, I think so. That's right."
1: I think it was Cam, and that was essentially the lineup people have been asking for. It's been bench, uh, bench, Torian, bench, and not that Tor- Torian started to shoot the ball well, but move Torian out, put Rui in, move D'Lo out, put Austin in. And I thought that group had some moments where they looked pretty good, too. Now, offensively, more so than, than defensively, there were some tough moments there. but But, yeah, I thought that in general, the Lakers, for the bulk of the game, they had a size advantage over the Thunder, and we haven't always been able to say that about this Lakers team. I like the wing depth that they have. This path forward, I don't know how much they're going to play truly without a guard out there, but trying to play even more minutes, bigger, I I think that could be the right path to to go down for them, just to really hammer home the advantage they've got with the army of wings that they acquired over the summer.
3: Yeah, no, I, I'm glad we're talking about this because I've been thinking about this a lot recently. I think that, I don't want to say it's overrated because you definitely need guards, but I think that yeah. the strength of this Lakers roster is going to be their wings, their length, their athleticism, right? And I think the reason why the Thunder specifically were a good matchup for the Lakers in this case is because they're kind of built the same way, but the Lakers have more length and more, you know, strength and post, like, you know, just more of a post presence than the, the Thunder do currently. So I, I think that's a large reason why you kind of saw it, like, you know, play out the way it did tonight. You know, um, there's that adage that styles make fights. And I think that yes. if Laker, if teams try to go big, the Lakers can counter that way. I think it's when the Lakers try to downsize when they lose a lot of those advantages that we're talking about tonight. So um, I'm I'm happy, you know, you know, before the game, I tweeted out, like, I'm going to reserve judgment on the starting lineup because personally still, if we're going to have one guard out there, I think it would have been Reeves, but the coaching staff decided to go all in on the wing lineup and have point guard LeBron. I I think that's a formula that works. And again, like not to keep referencing this, but given the 2020 team success, you know, using the same formula, I I think it's just a blueprint for the Lakers to win games.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's something that we've seen work, but again, something that LeBron doesn't want to do all the time, the time. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get to this. The master lock of the night, always a little more difficult when they win, but I'll certainly take it. Here we go. Master
0: lock of the night. Chat,
1: fire it off. What's getting your master lock for this game? Uh, Matt, what what do you think should be master locked? What was the most annoying thing from tonight's game? This
3: is such a tough one because normally I pick a player I don't like on the other team, but I like all the Thunder players. Yeah. I can't I can't really think of one that I'm like, uh eh. um, obviously the Josh Giddy stuff notwithstanding, but um I I mean I think honestly. I just wish the gate. So I I never master lock officials personally unless it's egregious. But I thought tonight was a little interesting given that they let them play a little bit more in the first half and then the second half. I felt like the whistle was a little tighter. Um, Lebo five hundred eight says Dylan Brooks. He's always a forever master lock for me. Don't care if he's even he gets master locked every show. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I he pencil pen, pen pen marker sharpie that went in for me. But yes. Um, yeah, I just thought again like. If you're gonna call, if you're gonna let the players play, I think that just needs to be consistent throughout the entire night. Um, I thought that you know, I think everyone was yelling for the Vando foul that you know, I think he got hit across like the head and nothing. Oh, called. that he, was bad. And he, yeah, and yeah. he fell hard and no call, right? And then I thought on the other end in the second half, particularly, you know, people like SGA or whatever were getting to the line off like you know. Again, I think they're fouls, but they, those weren't the kind of fouls that were being called in the first half. So um, again, just inconsistent officiating. Also, the technical foul—I didn't even see what happened. I don't know if we've gotten clarification on what was on why that was called. So, just just a little weird for me. But that—that's just kind of my default for tonight, only because I—I I can't think of anything that was truly like aggravating.
1: The, the kicked ball where the thunder kicked oh, that's the ball down the floor and then picked it up and scored it. The
3: Isaiah Joe kicked ball, yeah.
1: Yeah, that that was pretty bad. Like he he actually kicked the ball and, and didn't get called for it, which is is crazy. Um yeah, the, the Vando play was awful. I had no idea, like he got cleaned out in the air. Yeah, I have no idea how he didn't get a foul call with the referee standing right there. That was that was shocking. Um, but I, I think my oh I like this. <laughs> James Jones said. Too many Williams players on the Thunder. Master lock that. <laughs> Too many guys with the same That shouldn't be allowed. Too many players with the same name on one team. Can't do that. Now, what I'm going to, what I'm going to master lock for, um, for, oh, I get to ban somebody right now. That's awesome. So I get Ooh. to master lock you. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Got to kick somebody out. I love that. Um, now, what I, what I'm going to master lock for this game, it's, the fact that Rui missed that dunk. I'm not master locking uh, Rui bummer. himself, yeah, just that the ball didn't go into the basket because that would have been one of the dunks of the season. Any Kyle Kuzma did. Wasn't that wasn't that Kuzma's thing where Kyle Kuzma would go like he was g- just going to destroy somebody's world and dunk all over him, and he just never finished that dunk. I can't think of a single time when Kyle Kuzma finished it. He always caught back iron or just didn't quite get that dunk off. And he went for it all the time. Rui, he went for it. He got up. He extended, threw it down with that left hand. Man, that would have been such a big emotional play and would have been, up to this point, one of, if not the highlights of the season. So the fact that that didn't go down, that that gets my master lock tonight.
3: Hey, that's a good one. I didn't even think about that. But I, uh, you know, since I'm criticizing the officials, I should also give them credit where credits are due. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but I was just so ecstatic that a challenge didn't take longer than a minute today. Oh, good one. Um, good one. And I've been, I've been saying this forever. Like, I think that there should be a time limit on the challenge review. I think that if it's not clear and obvious, just keep the call. If it is clear and obvious, change it. It should not take, you know, three, four, five minutes. That's like basically like a pseudo timeout. um just how it was mark Dagnall decided to challenge the four-point play officials looked at it defender made contact with reeves called it a foul left the play as is perfect
1: yep i I agree i think that was something that was much better just go go and quickly review it if it takes too long then the call on the floor should stand Uh, um that's the way that needs to go oh people are mad at Stu lance oh for
3: jinxing the lakers yeah
1: yeah for jinxing the lakers people are mad at Stu. I think I Stu is imagine. Stu is untouchable. He can he can say he whatever can, he wants.
3: You know wrong for me. He's such a nice guy too. I don't know if you've met him but I have. Such, he's such a nice guy.
1: Super nice. Yep. Yep, he is exactly the way he is on TV, that's exactly how he is in person. Like that's yep. that's the best way I can say it. All right. Uh let's go here. I like a Levine trade if we can use his salary and injury history to convince the Bulls to send Caruso and Drummond with him. So that's like $53 million in salary coming in.
3: Uh, goodbye, Elo. Even... Goodbye, Reeves. Goodbye, Gabe. Goodbye. I mean, I guess you could sub in Rui. For... Rui? Yeah.
1: mean, Rui'd have to be in there? He said, would he even send a pick for that? Yeah, I mean, I think this is where I, I think there could be an issue with the entire Levine trade situation is the report is that the Lakers view taking Levine into their roster as a favor for the Bulls. So yep. to me, that says that the Lakers view Zach Levine as a negative value contract. If the Bulls are wanting positive assets back, that's going to be a tough hurdle to overcome. Mm-hmm. So
3: it's um it's not quite apples to apples, but it's, it's no. kind of similar to the Russell Westbrook trade, right? Large number but mm-hmm. then the Lakers forked over a positive asset in that deal. I don't think they're going to do that again, especially in this case. Um, look, I, I've been saying this forever. Like I I like Zach as a player. It's just it's so hard logistically to get a deal done between those two. And I think the Jovan piece and the other athletic uh, Bulls writer, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his name, but um, they were spitballing that it would take three or four teams yeah. to get a, a trade done between them. So at that point, I'm just going to not consider Levine an option right now.
1: Yeah, I think I would prefer to look elsewhere if I Same. if I'm the Lakers than uh than to go all in. Oh, exactly. If he was making thirty million, sure. Hey, Sean Davis is here. He's I gotta gonna, go. I'm gonna suddenly a busy. little warmed up for his show, oh, which wow. is gonna start in like 10 I'm, minutes. I'm
3: I'm suddenly busy. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Sean. I'm sorry that you had to watch another loss today, but um
4: another loss, who's watching the Chargers right now?
3: Oh, not the number one Chargers fan in
4: our chat. <laughs>
1: Times are tough for the Chargers,
0: but oh, Ryan, Sean Ryan.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's probably mad at me because I got the whole playback chat on his back for uh proving that Ryan hates LeBron. So oh, <laughs> Ryan, that's why Ryan's man. mad at me. I'm oh, just kidding. No. Good to see you, Sean. Good to see you too, bro.
1: Oh no. All right. Well, Sean, let's before uh your show's gonna start in just a few minutes here. Before we get to it though, what did you what were your kind of big picture takeaways from tonight's game?
4: I thought the Lakers got some uh, I, I think they got a little lucky. I think they got a look. I just don't know how sustainable everything is going forward. They did some fun stuff. I really like. There was a possession where the Lakers went with the ball screen and they had Cam rush to the dunker spot. I think Austin hit him for the lob. That's kind of intriguing. They tried to do stuff like that with Bando, but Bando isn't the greatest finisher in the world. But Cam, oh. right there, you have the the cheese, oh, Matt. <laughs> Cam, you have the lob throw, the dump uh, dump off ability. Rui was a great cutter tonight. Um, The Thunder missed a bunch of threes. Like, this is one of the worst Thunder shooting performances, comparatively speaking, to the rest of the season. So sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, though. So I don't know. We'll take the win.
1: Yeah, 32% from 3 for the Thunder and they are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. So maybe a bit of a surprise of course that the Lakers shot better than the Thunder when the Lakers are one of the worst three-point shooting I, teams. I, I was league.
3: just going to say, yeah, like I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to use the word lucky, but I think Sean's definitely on the right track here. Like I don't think the Lakers are going to be shooting 50% from 3 anytime soon again.
4: No. I mean, if they do Damn. it
3: great, but I'm just not expecting it.
4: Yeah. And this is one of the highest frequency of like long mid range jumpers Lakers took tonight as well amongst the entire season, 81st percentile. And the Lakers shot 50% on those mid range jumpers. Like, how, how, how like consistent is that going to be from the mid range jump shooting, the shooting at the rim? Don't want to be negative, but I think that does play a small factor in my opinion.
1: All right, Jay uh, Jordan said, "Better without LeBron." Whoever said that needs an uppercut. <laughs> like, huh? who does anybody say that? I, look, if you looked at Troll. the at the the on off stats over the the, the six game slide right since the the tournament, uh, the Lakers were like plus five and a half when LeBron was off the floor. But that was not, I don't think anybody was taking that to seriously mean the Lakers are better without LeBron. It was just it was just small sample size kicking in, and that was. That was that. Uh, if anybody was saying the Lakers are better without LeBron, they're they're just they're just not correct. Ryan Ward, I'm sorry. They're just not correct. They did not. Ryan didn't really say they're better without LeBron, did he? No. Okay. Jokey. I was gonna say. That uh, sounds like it's something
3: Ryan would say, though.
4: Oh, yeah, see, it was believable <laughs> at least. I'm not even gonna front. Love you, Ryan.
1: <laughs> All right, Kevin Smith said. 40-year-old man going out there and giving us 40. Good to be in the win column again. Great name or great game for Rui, too. Star in your role for sure. Well, LeBron turns 39. Let's give him that. 39 Mm -hmm. in in like a week. Uh, But, yeah, great to be in the win column. And this was an important game for the Lakers. And here's what I really liked, guys. We've heard specifically Anthony Davis over the years say stuff that is what (laughs) you want to hear. Uh-huh. And then it, they don't back it up with their actions, you know. Right? It doesn't. Just men in general.
3: Men. All my ladies out there, I know you know what I'm talking about.
1: Uh, (laughs) Oh. Yeah, I knew you had to go relationship analogy at some point, man. So, um, Um, but this is this is one of those times where AD was the one who said, "This we're going to treat this like a must-win," and they did it. Can you treat every game like like a
3: must-win, please?
1: Please? I don't think they can. Like, let's say, like, what's the real? If they do this, and it, because I know it would be great to people would just say, oh, see, they should play hard every single game. If they played like they played tonight's game every single night, what's left come playoff time?
4: G.L. Hey, there we go. Oh, you, The God.
1: MVP of training camp, day one.
4: Jeez. <laughs> Might be
1: John
3: Kafferton at this point. I mean, look, I I I understand the point. They're not going to go, you know, full out one hundred ten percent every single regular season game, especially not in December. But mm-hmm. I I would like just you know a little bit effort every single game. Like at least pretend like you're trying.
1: Yeah, there, there's a there's a bare minimum that you have to reach. That's mm-hmm. fair. That's fair. All right, let's uh, let's do one more, and then we'll uh, we'll give way to Sean's post post game show here. Uh, Soft said, "Are we just gonna have to accept that Delo's minutes are bad minutes defensively? Just have to hope um, he scores. Lakers look good again when he sat. Is that where we're at? like? Is there just no hope defensively if D'Lo, if Delo's playing and and that's it, or or can we have some hope that that a D'Angelo Russell led lineup can get things done defensively?
3: Um, I'll let Sean." I want to get Sean's opinion on this, but I've been thinking about this, too, because, I mean, there are a lot of teams out there that can scheme around a bad defensive player if they've got four strong ones around them. So I think if the Lakers can insulate them a little bit on the back end with like, you know, AD and like three wings, I think you can make it work. But um, I, I just don't think that those I don't think they're going to be as elite as like the lineups that you, the Lakers could throw out there. But I think that's probably the best way to go about, you know, Delo's defensive limitations, so to speak.
4: Yeah, I mean, well, the biggest problem with Dilo is that's just not simply what he does. So who cares? Play him <laughs> seventeen minutes, Troy. Sure, I, I, there's nothing else he could do. That's not what he does. So <laughs> seventeen minutes. Here we come.
1: You were not happy with his comment no, after last after so last game. <laughs> oh, would oh my just God. For, for anybody who who didn't hear that, what was the comment? It was something along,
4: I, uh, it's a little blurb out of the whole, statement. I what the whole statement was, but it was something along the lines of, I try defensively, but that's simply just not what I do. You can literally cut out that last six words. It's so unnecessary. For what?
3: I think what he was trying to say, and I think he said it really poorly, was that mm-hmm. I am, my best skill set is scoring and playmaking. <laughs> I am not known as a defender. I was. Dude,
4: don't say you want to be Derek White.
3: I, <laughs> I know I'm oh, I'm I'm trying to cut that's him sad. some slack because I just cannot imagine a professional basketball player saying, yeah, d- defense isn't my thing. I'm just going to focus on scoring like
4: that's like Trevor saying, yeah, I, I, I'm I a content creator for Laker Nation. I just don't like doing video podcasts audio podcast sure I just don't like doing the video side. But he's Trevor like, come on, that makes no sense.
1: Yeah, I I think he he spoke poorly in that situation. I thought I thought that earlier in the season, I think it was over, even over the summer. I thought he was refreshingly honest about what he is athletically when he talked about his own shortcomings in terms of his uh, his ability to be an explosive athlete, and that's not really what he is, and he has to kind of fit his game around the things that he can do. He did he had a much better explanation for that without saying. Well, I don't jump as high cuz that's just not what I do or whatever. I don't run as hard cuz that's just not what I do or something. Um he he came off poorly with that one for sure. And I know for a guy who's already who is already kind of in the doghouse with Lakers fans that didn't sit well. And I know Sean obviously didn't sit well with you either. But he's got the he's got the long wingspan. I think there's moments where Delo can be okay, but the deeper into the season we get and when you're playing better teams, he's going to get targeted on the defensive I mean, side of the ball. And so is Austin playoffs. Reeves.
4: Yeah. To Matt's point though, you can definitely scheme around it. I think the reason why the Delo Austin thing didn't work this year so far, one, because Vandal wasn't around. I thought you were able to mask yep. a lot of the problems last mm-hmm. year because Vandal was here, mm-hmm. but it's a lot harder to, to hide two liabilities on the floor. And plus, I mean, 80 is great, but to start off the year, it was 80, Braun, Torian, Austin Delo Okay, cool. Austin Delo are kind of liabilities defensively Torian's fine but you're sticking him on the best player every single night Braun's not going to try nearly as hard in the regular season defensively and then it's AD. like yeah they're going to get killed um but I think D-Lo lineups with Vando and AD I don't think they've even ran like the d Austin Braun Vando AD lineup yet at all you haven't had much of an opportunity Which is to, weird. But, but still I, I was hoping they would break that one out tonight yeah, that was what so, they
1: started that lineup most games last season after the trade deadline. Where when when those yeah. guys were available, that was what they started anyway. It took a little while for LeBron to come along, but I'm surprised that that isn't something Darwin has gone to.
4: The uh, top it's, lineup that defensively, sorry to cut you off, Matt. The top lineup defensively that has at least a hundred possessions played with Delo on the floor is Delo Max, Torian, LeBron, AD. Second is Delo Cam, Torian, Rui, AD.
3: Both of those um, lineups
4: sh- kind of make sense. I was
3: just gonna say, Sean, aren't you a little sad that Max is kind of just banished to the bench now?
4: <laughs> Sucks that Max can't hit a three. That's nice.
3: I yeah. I'm surprised he's exercised, he's exercised like completely, but I think he'll get more run now that Gabe's out. So hopefully. But cool. um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I also thought it was weird that we we were not getting last year's starting lineup this year. And I think a lot of it has to do with like the Lakers just having more options and the coaching staff trying to tinker. I think last year that was just by far and away clearly their best lineup but i think this year it's kind of like the um the burden of choice is that Hmm. you've got a lot of plug and play guys or guys that make sense on paper and i think like us as fans like we throw out a bunch of different lineups and i think the coaching staff's doing the same sort of exercises in the background so i i think this is going to be an ongoing process for a little bit
1: i agree i agree i think we are going to see more shuffling last one here let's let's give a shout out here dylan Said I'm in OKC for Christmas. Went to the game tonight, courtside. Fancy. I was shouting out double teams and convinced I helped us get the win. Six man on the court. Hey man. Well, if it if you if it worked and, and you helped, then congratulations. You. you saw a great game, and if you in some way contributed to the win, then we'll give you our thanks.
3: I agree. Oh, I, Shout, I, out I, Shout out Dylan. Shout out Dylan. Shout
1: out. out there you go. All right. Thank you everybody for joining us. Matt, thanks for jumping on here. Always a good time having you uh having you join the show.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I just want everyone to know for the record, I didn't cherry pick this live stream. I told Trevor before the game started I was gonna okay, come. He did. So <laughs> it's it's not it's not me just showing up when times are good, guys. I promise. I I, <laughs> I I I set aside time to do this one tonight, and I'm just happy that it ended up in a win. So um hopefully I'm here again. Uh, The next time I'm on, I hope it's for another win again, and I hope that the Lakers can keep this going.
1: I sure hope so, too. I hope so, too. And, uh, again, we're going to jump over to Sean's show right now, so don't go anywhere, anybody. The Lakers Nation post-game show is going to start in just a moment. Sean's going to get into everything that happened in this game, why the Lakers were able to get the win. But we do appreciate you joining us. Make sure if you're not a subscriber yet to the YouTube channel, you do hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to turn on notifications as well. Till next time, everybody. We'll see you next, I guess, on Christmas Day. Hopefully the Lakers give us a nice present with a win over those green goons. Till next time. See ya. And stay safe.